Hey, everybody. It's Believe Sports Biz Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. I'm Fred. You can email us at uh, sportsfred at AO.com, along with cousin Andy Barron, uh, art source at Galaxy Sports back in uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, Churchill Downs uh, is making changes. Only 12 horses have died in the last month at Churchill Downs. And again, uh, I, I grew up loving horse racing more than you could believe. I, I, I scheduled my college schedule around going to the track in between taking night classes. So that's how much I loved horse racing. Then I found out what's going on. Andy Barron, I don't know your, your thoughts about horse racing, but all I know is 12 horses, living animals, passed away over the last month at Churchill Downs, now Churchill Downs making some changes, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, long before they made these changes, um, you know, every so often, you know, it wasn't part of our lives. Like Lisa and I might watch the Kentucky Derby. I live down the street from Belmont. I've never been there. Um, I forget the name of the horse because I'm not closest, but a few years ago, one of the, one of the horses that I think won the Derby broke a leg and was, was put down right on the, they didn't show it, but they talked about it. And um, that's the last time I've ever watched a a horse race and, and probably won't ever watch it again. I, for me, it's, you know, these animals aren't choosing this life. They're being put into this life. Um, it's dangerous. There's no real reason for it. And, um, you know, it's it's funny, too, because the history of this back in the turn of the century, like it was baseball, there was boxing, there was horse racing. It was one of the big three sports. It's not anymore. And then, and and there's a million things that, that people want to gamble, can bet on. Um, I, it's, you know, if people want to do it, they, they can do it. They can go enjoy it. I think the Kentucky Derby culturally is probably still a big event. Uh, but the horse racing part of it myself, I'm just I'm just not into it any longer. Art Source at 126 years of age. You've seen them all, almost all the 149 Kentucky Sea Derby. Seabiscuit, baby. <laughs> but, the last, but, the last, but the last five years, the Kentucky yeah. Derby, something's happened. It's either a horse dies or something goes wrong I, uh, with disqualification. What's going on? Fred, I've, I've, I've had the... Uh the great luck of knowing a bunch of jockeys and knowing some horse trainers who have horses at Santa Anita and Del Mar. And I think one of the problems in horse racing is the artificial tracks. Okay. I think that caused a big problem. Um, I also look at, at the sport itself and you look at a 1500 pound incredible specimen, like a racehorse and you realize the tendons on that horse are like a quarter inch, you know, I mean, it, so much pressure, so much. And then you get into the Lasix, you get into all the things that I read about with my Dick Francis novels as a reading as, as a youngster. And I loved horse racing like you did, Fred. But I think there's going to be three things that are going to be far different in 20 years. I'd like to be around to see it, but I think you're not going to see a lot of horse racing. You're not going to see a lot of heavyweight boxing or boxing of any kind. And you're going to see two-hand touch pro football. And I think those are things that you can pretty much guarantee that are going to happen because there's just too many things that are happening to the athletes, the horses, the, the combatants in the ring that, you know, as we talked about the CTE and then pro football, you know, they're going to eventually take away the kickoffs and the punts because those guys running 40 yards and with the collisions involved, just too much for the human body, especially the speed for which they train. Now, I mean, you got guys that are 270 pounds, running four, four, five forties. That's a, that's a payload that, you know, I, you better have some special kind of helmet on. <laughs> it's a, it's a car accident. That. Thank you. It's a car accident <laughs> waiting to happen. That's right. Yeah. You know, you know, I've mentioned many times, 50 years from now, we're going to be playing flag football. 
I, I am positive of that just because of what you just said, Art. Uh, too many players die young, much uh, before their time. And uh, uh, this it's hard for me to believe because, again, I grew up loving the sport, but uh, it's gotten to a point now where we're going to be playing flag football. And again, I played them all growing up. Art, you obviously made it to the yeah. top level as a kicker. Uh, for for the Rams, but it's uh, it's it's different now. The, the guys are faster, bigger, quicker. Well, I got uh, hit on kickoffs, Fred. I still, you know, I have a scar underneath my chin here from getting hit on a kickoff in Oregon. And I mean, I I was definitely, you know, not not present for a little while that game. <laughs> All right, let, let's talk college football for a moment. And uh, Herbie Smart and Nick Saban aren't necessarily friends, although our rumors are they're playing golf together but i don't think i mean they've made comments about one another kirby smart is now saying the way the college game is going it's hurting it tremendously and folks what we're talking about is that portal and nil both things i wake up uh, one day this week and i read about cal listing itself as uh, uh, they picked up two kids through the portal to the top 20 as far as Porter, there's there's more trades in college football than you might see in the NFL. Art, the NCAA made a major mistake. That's why Mark Emmert's no longer there. But how do you back it up now that you've opened the door? The horses are out of the barn. I mean, you can't – I mean, that's the saddest thing. And, you know, I was looking at it, and we've been talking about this, you know, the tampering of SEC players. Well, we all know the SEC has all the talent or at least, you know, the majority of the talent in the, in the college football ranks. And now you're starting to see USC. You're starting to see these big schools like Ohio State. You know, they're starting to reach in and offer these guys the amount of money necessary for them to, to come to, to play for them. And, you know, Greg Sankey, who's the SEC commissioner, is like, whoa, time out here. And, and what's interesting is both Alabama – and Georgia have kind of re- had restraint about using the portal. They've gone the more traditional route where they, you know, they have the two signing days of the college players. And I think you're going to see a, a big sea change now that this is coming to fruition. And, you know, we've talked about this, Fred. The thing that bothers me is when a kid like Brock Purdy, who was the, uh, you know, the last person picked in the NFL draft, when he makes $700,000 leading a team to the NFC championship, and 13 NCAA quarterbacks make far more than that. You know, uh, really and truly, uh, I don't think it's real good for college football. Andy Barron, do you have a favorite college football uh, school? Team? Team. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, so I have two. I have my, my alma mater, UMass Amherst, which is an awful team. But they're my, thought, my school, so I'll root for them. Division but Michigan one. is number one. Michigan's number one in our house for sure. Lisa's from Michigan, so Michigan's number one. How do you feel about NIL, where they can make as much money as they want, and uh, the portal transfer? If you don't like the coach, you leave. Your comments? Yeah. So I mean, these are all complicated issues. So while I don't like the portal, and you don't like the coach, you can leave. I also didn't like it before, where the coach could leave and leave you high and dry, right? So there's, I agree. There's no good right answer to that piece, and then and then the money piece as well. you know, you know, it was hard to these players were, were, were playing hard. They were some of them getting career ending injuries. Um, the other, uh, you know, video games are using their likeness and making millions of dollars off them. The schools are making millions of dollars off them. I, I do believe that there, there should be some kind of compensation, but the, 
and I, but I don't have the answer. How do you make it fair between the, you know, the starting quarterback and the 54th guy who's on the sideline? How do you, how do you make it, um, you know, reasonable? What's my, a reasonable amount versus what is your point making more than other guys? One of my arguments is, you know, $200,000 is a lot of money. Sure. And, 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 you know, when you, if you have 200,000 and you have a, a group of people who are a team, remember we're talking teams here. You put all that money in there, and yeah, maybe the quarterback gets 250 and the wide receiver gets 200. But the offensive tackle on the right side, you know, he's important as well. And unless he gets compensated, you're leaving yourself open in modern day football to some guy coming in and saying, hey, if you let, you know, let the defensive end make a couple sacks here today, you know, we got you covered. That's what scares me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, With for all sure. the gambling and, and what's going on in football right now. And, and I, I do believe in a team sport, having a quarterback making $1.5 and, you know, maybe the running back scrambling around trying to make 100000 even though it is capitalism at its finest, I'm not sure that's the whole concept of college football. All right, we've talked about this before. There's 85 guys on a team. Split it 85 ways. Maybe, maybe that's what give, I say. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Give the, maybe if the quarterback sold it because of, you know, him being a quarterback, Maybe give him an extra fifteen percent, but other than that, split it down the middle. Well, you know what else? Fred, if he's that good, he's going to get it anyway. Let's say the high-profile players can can make it on the side, right? Doing endorsements and whatnot. So you know, maybe that's not where it needs to come from. That's a good way to do it. I like. I've mentioned this every week right here on Believe Sports Biz Sports Media. I also heard on Pod Clips. I'm a UCLA fanatic. Have been since the age of five. Uh, My mother graduated from there, and uh, so we started going to UCLA basketball and things like that, and football. But uh, Mick Cronin gets credit as being a good coach. Uh, Art Source, uh, five starters, all left. Bonus comeback, big guy. The other four, unless there's a quick change, aren't coming back. Uh, Tiger Campbell, the point guard, had another year of eligibility. Could have made more money under NIL than he's going to make playing in the G League. I guarantee it. The G League, you're going to make 46. The most you can make is 46,000. So let's say 40,000. He could have made 10 or 20 times that playing in Los Angeles. There's got to be something wrong with Mick Cronin for everybody to run away and, and, and forget the starters. Two other kids have transferred. So six out of seven have left the program. Art, tell me about it. Well, I've watched I watched the 30-30 on Bobby Knight the other night, and uh, I, I saw a little bit of Mick Cronin in, in, in Bobby Knight and his, his antics. Um, you can't scream at kids in modern-day society like the old coaches could. Kids today need a, a pat on the fanny and, and a positive reinforcement. Now, some of them are still respond to that, but I'd say the lion's share, 90%, still like a little positive reinforcement. And uh, I think that's the problem with Mick. I think Mick needs to grow like he wants his teams to grow, play defense, do the right things. But he sits there and, man, he gets after these guys. And, and I, you know, I just think that style is something of the past. And, you know, I mean, to have a guy like Jaime Hawkes, who looks like he's going to be a first-round late draft pick, or Amari Bailey, same situation, you know, to see seven guys leave a program that was on the cusp of being – competing for a national championship, that does indicate some sort of problems in Westwood. I wonder why people aren't mentioning that or writing about that more often in the 
local Southern California newspapers. You, you, you the read the local newspapers. Are there a lot of great writers in Southern California compared Not to that. the past, Fred? We used to. <laughs> uh, it, it, you, you know what? I, 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 Go ahead, it doesn't Andy. seem like players want to stay in college long enough now to, to build big teams and to go for national championships. It's not about that. It's about putting themselves in the position where they feel like they're going to have their best shot at making the millions of dollars later. And um, I think these guys with the way he coaches weren't feeling like he was setting them up for that. So it was less about sticking around to win and more about trying to find the right spot for them so, to be able to, so Andy, to showcase should, themselves. Should we say that a kid like football should play three years before he, unless there's any, yeah. you know, a hardship, I, his family, something of that nature. I don't, I don't like that. I, I actually would rather see, the NBA do more of what the NHL does where you get drafted and that team holds your rights for the next three or four years. So you don't have to leave college basketball. You can continue to play college basketball, take out insurance against yourself that. to make sure you could, you know, get paid when the time comes, but then, um, then continue on in college, do your thing and, and then go pro and, and uh, actually, you know, guys and actually learn something in, in a higher educational. Yeah. You know, that, like that's, I, I, Look at Adam Fantilli from Michigan and a hockey team. He was a freshman, won the Hobie Baker Award as a freshman. He's going to be the number two pick in the draft this year, but he'll go play for Michigan for another two years before he goes pro. Doesn't have to go just because you entered the draft. Art, uh, before we go, Tiger, I got to go back to Tiger Campbell. He's six feet, not necessarily a great outside shooter, very smart player. Is there any chance of him playing in the National Basketball Association? beyond being a 13th guy on a 13-man roster. Art, what do you think? Unless he gets with somebody who really can teach him how to shoot, um, you know, I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I love the way he plays the game. He plays hard. Maybe he would be okay as maybe a, a 10th, 11th, or 12th guy on, on a roster. But in terms of being an impact player, I don't see it, Fred. All right, so if he's in the G League, like the three guys who left UCLA last year all played in the G League this year, making $40,000. Art, you know Los Angeles. You know Southern California. And I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. How much money do you think Tiger Campbell, with, with that hair and with that name and with the talent on the collegiate level, how much money do you think he could make in the next year at UCLA? Minimum seven hundred and fifty grand. Minimum. Versus 40,000 40, playing in the G League. Right. And yet, and yet, unless a, a miracle and he, happens. And he might back. be one of those guys that goes to Europe or goes to Israel exactly. or goes somewhere and plays somewhere. And, you know, we never hear about those guys, those guys making big money playing international basketball. There's guys in China that are making incredible amounts of money. Right. I mean, so. And you know what? So they're. Go ahead. Yeah, and it all comes down to how self-aware they are too, right? So he, if he's going to the G League, it's because he believes he's going to make it to the NBA, That's right? It. And he, he might not have great people, you know, while, while it's nice to have people whispering in your ear, hey, you're great, you're going to be great, you're going to have, a, you know, it's probably more important to have people that are realistic whispering exactly. in your ear, hey, let's think about what the best decision is for you because I think all too often agents and different people get these guys ears and, and they make poor decisions based on, on not really taking a realistic view of what so their future looks like. you think there might be a couple of unscrupulous agents out there? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, folks, I'll, I'll bet anything, just like I'm talking flag football 50 years from now, and Tiger Campbell never makes it beyond the G League uh, as far as his uh, career is concerned. Now, again, Art made a good point. 
Maybe yeah, he plays. He, he probably goes overseas. China, but as far hey, as Fred, I got a question for you. NBA ratings with Miami and Denver playing. What what is your prediction on the ratings of the NBA finals? Well, I guess they're up. I mean, from from that aspect, uh, uh, Denver's fun to watch. Denver's got a white center, so the white community in this world is going to be watching that. I guess. Uh, I can tell you, I nobody guess. in Boston's watching. None of us. Uh, well, not very many people in Pennsylvania either. <laughs> Folks, we'll find out. Uh, Mario, thank you much. Uh, Cousin Andy, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Art, thank you very much. Uh, I am Fred. We'll see you around the corner. More Believe Sports Biz Sports Media, also heard on Pod Clips.